made it to episode three of the Illustrated Agile podcast. Len Ligesty back with you for a show about the product owners out there and for those who love them. This week's blog post is titled Even Happier Product Owners. I've had a lot of fun writing this post because some of the most fulfilling times I've had as a coach is when I'm working with product owners, especially new ones. Uh, Just between you and I, I often try and scare new product owners when I first start working with them. I'll tell them just how hard it is, and if they don't run out of the room screaming, I know we've got a good chance at it. But those who are already product owners know it's not only a challenging gig, but a bit of an all-encompassing gig. I've had product owners tell me I feel like I have so much to work on, my ability to be a servant leader, my self-awareness, my ability to communicate, my presence, in addition to all of the skills they need to perform the role as they would like. So I included a sketch in this post to show just how challenging this role can be. You can find it at illustratedagile.com, and there will also be a link in the show notes as well. The purpose of creating the sketch was to visualize the tension between visionary things, figuring out what to build, delivery things, how will our teams build it, and community building things, fostering the necessary relationships needed to bring the vision to life. When any of these become out of balance, our product owners can become, well, unhappy. I joke with my product owners that the ecosystem we are creating should be without significant stress. Now, there will always be stressors, but the ecosystem we are creating for them should be pretty stress-free. I don't think uh, they quite believe me just yet. So while happiness is certainly subjective, the real message in this post is how can we create this environment, this relatively stress-free environment for the product owners to do their best work. If you think about it, creating this environment for many companies attempting to bring greater agility to the workplace, this is harder than it sounds. We have uh, situations where foundations of trust just aren't there. We have situations where decision-making is centralized. To get anything done requires decisions and approvals to go up and down a chain of command. We certainly have situations where the relationship between business and technology has become fractured to the point where it becomes hard to get anything done, let alone doing anything collaboratively and quickly. So now all of a sudden we introduce this visionary and decision-making role, our product owners into these situations, and this can get a bit messy. So we're going to need some brave souls to speak up and do the work necessary to create this new system where ideas Uh, and creation flows naturally through the organization. While this includes coaches and scrum masters who are the ones helping us learn and guide us to this new healthy ecosystem, it's going to take everybody to align around this new way of working. I talked about it in episode two. We just need to do the work. Be brave and do the work. Know what you believe in. Amplify your message. It's not easy but it can be done. I've seen it over and over again uh, when people step up and do the work and have the conversations that we need to have, it absolutely can be done. So how do we know when we're starting to turn the corner and this healthy environment for the product owners is starting to emerge? That's the purpose of this blog post is to start giving us some key characteristics of this healthy environment. So I won't go through all of those in this episode, you can go ahead and read the uh, the blog post at your leisure. But um, how do we know when this is starting to happen? 
and this environment starting to emerge. So we know it's not going to happen overnight, but here are three things that I look for. Our product owners begin to speak with different words than we are accustomed to. They'll use words like vision and minimum viable product and experimentation and hypothesis, doing small things. And this often clashes with existing norms in an organization which expects perfection. But this is how you know. This is how you know this is starting to change. We start using different language. The second thing I look for is they are measuring their success based on the value being delivered to customers. The first question I often ask a product owner when I see them is, when was the last time you talked to a user or to a customer? Hopefully they say today or yesterday, but the dialogue around what is a success isn't entirely driven by scope and date anymore. You know, cost and return on investment will always be important, so I'm not diminishing those things. But we are focused on what matters the most, and this is creating the right thing. And thirdly, when you ask them about their product and what they are discovering or experimenting with, they almost can't contain their excitement. Now, I know not all products can be exciting. We can't all be building Teslas or spaceships to Mars, or can we? But it's theirs. They are truly owners, as the name of the role describes. They have the autonomy to do their job, and they have a spring in their step because of it. So to wrap it up for this week, the last point in the blog is the most important, at least I think so. We need to keep you healthy. We need our product owners vibrant and alive. So do what you need to do to keep that bounce in your step and stay healthy. So whatever that means for you. Uh, find it. And uh, we just need you to be thriving in this role. It's such a fulfilling role if we can do this right. And if we can do the work to build this environment, it is such a fulfilling role. So I just want to encourage you with that. All right. Next week, we'll cover a post with a working title right now of how to get myself fired. That's a bit of clickbait, I suppose. But we'll talk about uh, what it takes for a coach to have an exit strategy. You've heard me talk in the past about how short our time often is. So we'll talk about urgency and sustainable change. Uh, how do we keep what we're doing uh, persist long after we're gone? So we're gonna talk very specifically about uh, some techniques that we can use to do that. Also in the fourth episode, I will share with you what's next with our little podcast. In closing, I'm gonna leave you with a little assignment. There's someone in your sphere, on your team, in your family, a friend who you know needs to be encouraged to step out and to amplify their message. There are some people whose presence and potential are bigger than the box they currently are in. What can you do this week to make that box bigger for them? You've heard me use analogies about ingredients and reactions in the first two episodes, and this one is about making those ingredients stronger and more potent. So encourage someone to step out of that box and stretch themselves. It happened to me. I'm a true testament to this. Someone uh, pushed me a while back. I would not be an Agile coach today if someone didn't give me that encouragement to say, hey, why don't you try this? And quite honestly, I can't imagine doing anything else. And so for however long I'm still working, this is exactly what I'm going to do. So I know someone popped in your mind right now. So have a conversation with them and see where you can help them. Be that encouragement. Be that third ingredient that we talked about uh, in episode one. The one who makes a difference. The one who causes something to happen. 
be that catalyst. All right, until next week, this is the Illustrated Agile Podcast. <laughs>